Welcome to Out and Out Vibes Podcast. I'm here with a special guest, Joanne Van Deer Hoven, and we are going to talk about who she is and what she does. She actually is an author and a teacher, and she actually is a practicing druid, which she's going to explain more in depth what that is for our listeners who are not familiar with it. Welcome this morning. How are you? Thank you. Yes, I'm very well. Thanks. And you? <laughs> I'm very well. Um, now, you're a best-selling author. You've been in the pagan tradition over 20 years. You're a director of Druid College in the UK. You, you do a lot of things and have a lot of hats in multiple locations. So tell us, who is Joanne? Let's start first there so we understand where you come from and who you are. Okay, so, um, so yeah, I am a druid and a witch. Okay. I am an author, so I have um, six books currently out with the seventh on the way with uh, Llewellyn. Okay. Um, I am also a blogger, and uh, I also teach dance classes. I'm a belly dancer, and I have my own belly dance company, among many, many other things. Uh, I was born in Quebec in Canada, mm-hmm. um, but I now live in the UK, and I've been here since around 1998. So, um, yeah, really um, pies, lots of fingers and many different pies, and wearing lots of hats, like you said. <laughs> now, um, you know, there are a lot of different spirituality and religions out there that are earth-based. So, Jordy is one of them. Can you explain that to our listeners who don't know what that is? Yeah, sure. So, um, Jordy is a form of uh, modern paganism. It's one of the many strands of modern paganism. And um, it is based on Celtic lore and Celtic tradition for the most part. Um, It's an earth-based tradition, so it follows the cycles of the seasons. Um, it also follows the cycles of the moon, and um, we we base a lot of what we know of, about Druidry on uh, ancient lore, history that we have, but we take it forward into the modern era. So um, we're we're living in modern times, so we know that we have to adapt our religion for modern times. So. While we're inspired by the past, we're working our druidry in the world right now. Um, it's a very, like I said, it's an earth-based tradition, so it's very concerned with uh, the environment and how to live in the environment in an integrated, responsible, and honorable way. And then taking inspiration from the world around you, from your local environment, and uh, finding out where your place is in your local environment and in the wider world and using that as um as a way for you to express your spirituality very cool um jordy is it similar to like in america we you know a lot of native american you know a lot of people are familiar with we call it shamanism native american would you say jordy is more nature-based like that in the sense of using 
the traditions that you've learned in your past and passed down by ancestors through guidance, how they do with Native American? Yes, so there are, you know, there's quite a few people that would say that Druidry is a form of the indigenous traditions of the British Isles. However, the Celtic tradition is a huge diaspora that, you know, spans all of Europe. So we we can't say it's solely uh, a UK UK thing. But it it is um, heavily based on the land itself and on nature. And as well... um, ancestors are a big part of the tradition. So it has lots of similarities with uh, Native American and First Nation traditions in that sense, in that we're, we're learning to work with the seasons, we're learning to work with the spirits of the land itself, um, and, yeah, to, to work with the, with the ancestors, most definitely. Now, your book, the Book of Hedgerity, um, talks about developing like a person's own practice with meditation prayers and magical rites that um, will help create balance and harmony with that person and the nature around them can you explain a little bit about that to our listeners um yeah so um creating your own personal practice um for me is a, a huge part of of walking your, walking your talk, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, meditation is something that's, you know, very prevalent in world tradi- world religions, um, you know, in, in Buddhism, in um, Native American and First Nation traditions, in Christianity, in Judaism, um, in Shinto. You know, it, it's a very big aspect of religions all across the globe, and it's it's exactly the same for Druidry and lots of other um, modern paganism. Mm-hmm. So um, incorporating that into like a daily practice um, for me is a very important aspect because it helps to keep you grounded, it helps to keep you living in the moment, it helps to keep you um, as self-aware, hopefully, right. as you can possibly be. Um, and so, yeah, um, working with meditation, working with uh, daily prayer, I think um, for myself, daily prayer is a huge part of my druid practice and also my, my witchcraft practice because I also practice witchcraft. And mm-hmm. for me, it's uh, contacting the deities and being in that relationship with the deity uh, through prayer um, as a form of communication is a huge part of my practice, again, to help keep me in that deep relationship. So, you know, meditation helps to keep me grounded. Prayer helps me to establish communication with deity. Mm -hmm. And um, you also mentioned magic as well. And uh, for me, and, you know, within Druidry and also modern witchcraft, uh, magic is, you know, using the energies of nature alongside your own personal energies to create a needed change in your life. And it's it's a form of being able to take control of certain situations. And so again, yeah, as you said, meditation and prayer and magic are, can be only seen as a form of daily practice um, to, to bring yourself into your own power, you know, to find your own self-empowerment so that you can work in the world, you know, to the best of your abilities with, you know, honor. Oh, greatly said. Um, 
a lot of, like you said, a lot of religious practices follow that. And by how you put it and the information you put in this book would help no matter what religious belief because it will emphasize and help people understand how to work with energy. Um, your book also has how to put boundaries between worlds, um, kind of like finding the spiritual guide or companion insight from the other side, like being a medium. So can you explain in your book how you help people to do that or explain how to? So um, within the Druid tradition and also mm -hmm. within the witchcraft tradition, there, there is terms um, that relate to the hedge. So you have hedge witchcraft or you have hedge druidry. And these relate back to uh, the 19th century when you had um, Christian priests who mm -hmm. did not have their own congregation. And so these priests went out and preached from the hedgerows. <laughs> so they, you know, they were kind of a little bit rebellious um, and, you know, were, were outside in order to reach the people because they couldn't find that established church um, tradition that, you know, would support them. Sure. So there's a little bit of that in hedge druidry and also hedge witchcraft and the fact that it is a bit of a rebellious tradition <laughs> in a certain sense. But well, then the, the greater aspect of hedge druidry, of hedge witchcraft, is the fact that the hedge is a very liminal place. So it's, it's a boundary, it's a marker that separates, you know, one world from the next, mm -hmm. or the civilized from the uncivilized, or your garden from your neighbor's garden. It's, it's a boundary. And boundaries are always very liminal places. They're places where change happens. If we look at our permaculture, it's always the edges of fields and forests and stuff that have the most um, action occurring within those areas because it's where two different environments meet. And so within hedge druidry, um, we're using that liminal idea of working and walking between this world and the other world. And um, we do it through, you know, certain different methods. We can do it through ritual, we can do it through trance, we can do it through spell work, um, and you can use the hedge as a liminal space to cross over into the other world in order to meet your spirit guide, or perhaps you want to meet the fair folk, what some people call fairies. Yes. Um, you can use to meet the deities, and just generally gain access and information that might not be available to you in your current situation and then bring that information back to help you work in your own place, in your own environment, in your own world. Um, with someone just starting out, like our listeners find this very interesting. Um, you know, especially, you know, the meditation and the prayers and magical rites. And, you know, being able to connect to, even if they don't want to connect to their loved ones, because that scares them, but even their spiritual guides so they could get knowledge. Um, if someone's just a beginner, do you have advice for them to start out with? Because, you know, a lot of times fear blocks someone and they find this very interesting and they're kind of scared. Do you have some wisdom to share with them to help them 
go forward and learn about this? Well, there, yeah, there's, there's some basic advice that um, I can give to somebody starting off on this tradition. And I think the first thing is to just learn as much as you can. So read lots of books from lots of different people so that you gain lots of different viewpoints because everyone will have a different approach or a different angle to what is being presented. Um, so first and foremost, research and learn. And especially within you know modern paganism, we never stop learning. So I'm always continuously studying and researching. Um, you never, ever stop. So learning is super important. Um, and then once you, once you feel like you have gained a basic knowledge of the tradition or the practice that you're interested in, then um, if, you are, if, if, you're, if you wanted to connect with deity, say, mm-hmm. then um, I would recommend, you know, start a, a prayer practice. So start contacting the deity okay. um, and establish, you know, a daily practice of prayer to help you, you know, if you've got certain questions or something. Sure. Um, and again, meditation, you know, med- yeah. daily meditation is also very good in order to keep yourself completely grounded and able to deal with anything that might pop up. Um, and then but once you have established, you know, all of these basics, then if you want to move into crossing between this world and the other world, you'll find that you have you're better prepared for it and you have, you know, more of the tools in your toolkit that are necessary to do this. Um, when I am doing uh, a ritual mm-hmm. to use the hedge to walk between the boundaries, um, you know, just having it in a ritual context helps me to focus more clearly on what it is I want. Sure. Um, and then there's lots of different ways of doing rituals so if you wanted to cast a circle around you for protection you could do that if you wanted to call deity in to help and witness your ritual or if you wanted to call in the ancestors or the spirits of place or the elements to help you with your work you could do that within your ritual circle so there's lots of different ways that you can approach this if you feel like you want to have, you know, um, a very grounded and very safe practice. And so, yeah, I would, I would definitely say to, to prepare your, your mind and your body first and foremost through meditation and prayer. And then there's different ways in ritual that you can also use to help, you know, lessen that that feeling of, I'm not really sure of what I'm doing. Sure. Or, you know, there's a slight fear of the unknown. So you can always look to deity or look to nature for inspiration in those situations. Well, it's kind of interesting if when I was growing up, um, I'm a medium, so I've always been between both worlds since I've been young. So I had to learn, there wasn't a lot of information, you know, 20 years ago. So I got all the books I could get, you know, Buddhism, uh, witchcraft, uh, you know, Catholicism, Judaism, like whatever I would read, I would just pick up to understand who am I and why do I have this gift? But I've always had it and don't know anything different. And I'll tell you what, I had to learn discernment and, you know, through meditation, prayer, and just my own 
I guess you would say magical rights to understand who I was with what type of insight and sight I saw. So this is a great book for someone who is just starting out because back then we didn't have it, but now we do. And it sounds similar to Drury, like what I went through and trying to understand who I was between both worlds. Um, especially people who are sensitive, our listeners who are listening, and you know, they might be empathic, you know, they might be touch, feel, empathic, medium, psychic, and they don't understand and they need something. Now, besides the book of Hedge Drury, do you have one of your other books you could recommend to a listener who is trying to find out or understand more? Or is the book of Hedge Drury the book that you would recommend the most out of your writings? Uh, well, the book of Hedge Drury um, basically contains everything that I can offer about, you know, Hedge Drury in one place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that book won't be out until July okay. 2019. So I've written a couple of other introductory books. Um, the most popular is um, The All Went Alone, uh, Walking the Path of the Solitary Practitioner. Okay. And that's an introductory book to um, making and creating your own path within Druidry. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that book has been hugely popular. It's sold, I think, about 20,000 copies, and um, it, it still gets really great reviews. So people are, people are um, working with this book and finding a resonance within this book, which uh, is so pleasing for an author when you actually get feedback. <laughs> You actually know that you are, you know, you're reaching people in a positive way. So I, I would recommend The All In Alone, which has been out for about five or six years now. And uh, it seems to resonate with a lot of people. And it, it is a, a basic introductory book. Okay. Um, so it, it basically last, talks about like a light sorry? path and understanding and help a beginner to understand the relationship between the worlds is what it's about? Yes. Yeah, so it okay. teaches... It teaches the very basics of um, Druidry, what the concepts are, okay. and also how to how to practice within it. Okay. Um, if you're interested in Druid ritual and how to do Druid ritual, I have a book called The Crane Bag, A Druid's Guide to Ritual Tools and Practices. Okay. And this book is all about Druid ritual, all about every single tool that you would use in ritual, ritual format, as well as examples of rituals. So if you if you wanted to have that as a guideline to create your own rituals, that would be a good one as well. Okay. And then if you're interested in um, witchcraft, Wicca, and Druidry, my latest book is showing how you can blend all of these three traditions together. So and it's called uh, The Hedge Druid's Craft, okay. Walking Between the Worlds of Wicca, Witchcraft, and Druidry. So now- that's an introductory book. Here's, Again, into, into the blending of these different traditions. So here's my question. What is the difference between the three? Between Druidry and, say, Witch- Wicca or Witchcraft? Yes. Um, well, that's a good question because um, modern Druidry has its um, roots with uh, modern Wicca and Witchcraft uh, in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a bloke called Gerald Gardner who um, created um, the modern Wicca tradition alongside, uh, with the help of his high priestess at the time, which was Doreen Valiente. Okay. 
a year, okay. which is the eight Sabbaths or festivals that connect to what is happening in nature at the time. Mm-hmm. So Gerald Gardner and Ross Nichols got together and shared what they knew about folklore, about history, about local British traditions, and created this spirituality that is based on it. So there is a root, you know, a connected root between Druidry and modern Wicca and witchcraft stemming from these two close friends. And so where Gerald Gardner focused more on on the witchcraft tradition of the British Isles, Bob Nichols decided to focus more on the Celtic and the Druid tradition, and so Ross Nichols um, was the founder of the Order of Bards, Ovates, and Druids, which is um, still the largest Druid organization across the world. And um, Gerald Gardner became known as the father of modern Wicca. So we, we have this root from these two friends that created you know, the, the basis of these traditions. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the terminology, a lot of the symbols are very much the same. Uh, it's just using a different language, I feel, to, to express the tradition itself. Interesting. Um, a lot of times, you know, with listeners who and people who are just beginning and who don't understand, a lot of times people are solitary and walking the path, like how you said in your book. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, because you're you do this as a daily practice, could you explain why you think that is more so and not like more people, you know, together, you know, working together as much? Yeah, I think that um, a lot of it has to do with geography. So Mm -hmm. you might not have anybody in your local area that, you know, is a practicing druid or is a practicing witch. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that in my local area, uh, the the closest uh, pagans are about 15, 20 miles away. So... um, it would be a journey, you know, to, to go and connect with them, but, and they're few and far between, you know. Sure. There's, there's one 20 miles away, and another one 50 miles away, and another one 100 miles away, and so on. So um, it can just simply be a, a geographical element of there's nobody with a similar interest in your spiritual tradition near you, because it's, it's a growing tradition, but it's still not, you know, um, it's not... Um, it hasn't got the high numbers, especially Druidry doesn't have the high numbers that, say, Wicca or Witchcraft mm-hmm. um, are enjoying at the moment. But um, it could also be the fact that um, a lot of people, myself included, if, especially if you're a sensitive person, you might find that you work better on your own because you can control your own environment. So you can control the noise levels. You know, you've got um, that aspect of you are learning on your own, so you're using your own wisdom and your own wit and your own senses, as well as being able to control the environment that you're learning in. And um, I always find that I have the the best connection with deity and with the natural world most of the time when I'm on my own, because I can I feel like I can let go of myself more because I'm not surrounded by other people understand because um, you don't have to protect yourself yeah, and worry about energy from others that's it yeah so mm-hmm. it, it might simply be a personal preference in that sense or it might be the fact that you're a very 
sensitive person um, sure. and are very sensitive to other people's energies. Yeah. Um, now, some people just prefer being alone. So, um, sure. I, you know, I work from home and I spend most of my day on my own, and I'm I'm quite happy being in my own company. So, uh, yeah, some people would prefer not to have a schedule imposed on them by others as well. So, if sure. you're working in a group, you have to decide, okay, everyone, can we all get together on this date and do this at this time and have that general consensus? And of course, the bigger the group, the harder that consensus gets. Oh. understand yourself you actually um are you work with horses i believe correct you actually um have a certificate and nvq with the bridget british horse society and riding and stable management um you know oh, yes yes so i completed the uh, level one and uh, level two uh, nvq which is um so it's, it's, a, it's a program here um, mm -hmm. in Britain where you learn how to care for a horse. You learn the you know the rules and regulations of road, as well as the whole riding aspect of of, um, of working with horses. So my question is, I've been called because I communicate with animals. I work with equines. People have um, you know like will rescue race horses. They don't understand what's going on with them or rescue horses from another way, they'll call me, I'll go talk to them, see, tell them what I see, and they'll understand the horse more. With who you are, do you communicate the same way with an, a horse or equine? Have you um, noticed that? I, it, it depends. So, um, I mean, communication, I think, is so important with everything, whether it's a person or a horse or a cat or a tree. But the way that you communicate um, can change depending on the situation. So I wouldn't talk to a stranger the same way that I would talk to my best friend or my husband or my sure. mother. Um, so you use a different level of communication there. And taking that one step further, I would communicate differently with the tree than I would with the human being. Because, okay. you know, talking to a tree sometimes just seems a little bit odd. It's more on an intuitive <laughs> mental level rather than an actual physical verbal level. Um, I talk to my cats all the time and actually they <laughs> physically talk back to me yeah, a yeah. lot. <laughs> they're very vocal. But you know that there's also a lot of mental communication um, with cats and with animals, just animals in general. Sure. I think it really depends on the person as well. So if you are quite um, if, if you're quite empathic, if you're quite sensitive, you, you 
probably can get an idea of what an animal feels and therefore what an animal thinks. So you will know on an intuitive and on a mental level how to communicate with that animal. Um, And it's not always successful. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, I've been thrown off of a horse who did not want to be ridden, and I ignored that fact, and she dumped me on my head. So, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's different levels of communication depending on the situation. But, yeah, you can communicate. You can communicate with absolutely anything. Sure. Um, which you were talking about, you know, if people want to learn more, you know, and the books that you recommended but you also have the course, um, the three-year program to train apprenticeship in Druid tradition. Can you explain a little bit about that to our listeners? Yeah, so we started up a Druid college here in the UK five years ago. Mm -hmm. It has been going for some time in the United States, um, run by a friend of mine, Kevin Emmons. Um, He runs Druid College, USA, and he runs that from uh, his home in Maine. Okay. And he's been going for some years um, before um, reaching out to me and saying, you know what, this might be something that you want to take um, to the UK and sure. share in the UK. And so I thought about it for a while, and I, you know, eventually I said, okay, yeah, this sounds like a good idea. Um, and so we, we started it, and we did it, and it was hugely successful. Um, and we're now... Um, halfway through our second lot of year two. So we, we run a three-year program okay. where the first year is learning the basics of Druidry and the Druid tradition over um, four weekends in the year. Okay. So we have a, a menu that um, we use. It's a wonderful community hall out in the middle of rural Essex. And um, we, we get together and we have classes um, indoors as mm-hmm. well as getting outside in nature, doing ritual, teaching them how to do ritual, letting them compose and create their own rituals, and just connecting with the natural world as well. So it's an element of both indoor classwork, lectures, videos, as well as practical work done outside. So um, currently we're, you know, we're in our fifth year, so we're taking, um, we're taking our year two through okay. the we're putting them through their paces, um, and uh, the, the second year is more about um, doing the, the physical aspects of the work. So year one is very much learning about all the basics of the tradition. Year two is putting that knowledge into practice so that you actually gain experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then year, th- year three is more of a dissertation year, so we only get together twice in year three and um, the, 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 the students or we call them apprentices mm-hmm. are um, out there doing the work on their own and reporting back you know to the group and to the tutors at the same time so it's more of a solitary practice like you would when you're doing like a, a university dissertation when you're actually putting your knowledge um, and it's choosing the path that you feel works for you at that moment within Druidry and then walking your talk. So somebody might be interested in Reiki and would sure. want to see how Reiki would work within the Druid tradition or somebody might be an artist so they would start um, creating artwork for the Druid tradition or somebody might want to start off a business based 
Yes. And um, it, it, it's finding uh, finding your niche, you know, which might change over time. But sure. Finding something that appeals to you and seeing how you can apply the druidry to that so that you can live your druidry as opposed to just thinking about it or practicing it on the weekends. It makes it something that is truly a part of your life. Um, that's great. At the, moment, at, the, at the moment, we're kind of on a hiatus for our next year one because we're um, creating an online course at the moment. We've had so many people interested from all over the globe that can't physically make it sure. to, to the venue and to the four weekends here in England. So um, we're creating an online course that will hopefully appeal to, to lots more people and to meet that demand that um, we're receiving for the instruction. Yeah, I was just about to ask that. What if we're in the U.S. and we can't come to U.K., our listeners, and if they're interested, you know, are you, were you doing that? So that's perfect that you said that. I know our listeners... Yes, I would say if you're, if you're living on the East Coast of the U.S., um, there, there is Druid College USA in Maine. So okay. if, if you can travel to Maine, um, definitely go and do it in person because it's so much different in person than it is, um, you know, working... <laughs> Sure. through an online course, you know, <laughs> if, if, if that sort of thing suits you. But, um, yeah, so we are, we're in the process at the moment um, working with Druid College USA to create something through all of the, the tutors of the, the two different um, colleges to, to make an online course that will be available for everybody. Okay, that's great. I mean, especially wherever our listeners are around the world, so wherever they're listening, they could do either or. Um, also, your website www. It's I'll spell it for everybody. J O A N N A V A N D E R H O E V E N dot com. So it's her name. www.joannevanderhoven. So and you can actually get all your books on Amazon. So also yeah. Okay, which is great. And the new book will be coming out, you said, July 2019? Yeah, so July of this year, at the beginning of July. Okay, great. So um, so if our listeners, if you're a new person and this information interests you, remember she told you to get the, uh, the All in Alone, Walking the Path of Solitary Druidy, at, well, Druid, and then the crane bag was the other book you recommended to maybe get that now, get caught up, and then in July you could get the other book, which the other book sounds phenomenal, um, especially with all the information with the meditation and learning your own tradition and designing it. Mm. I mean, it sounds like you put a great collection together, and I look forward to getting it from talking with you um, and the information that you gave me it kind of interests me, so I'm going to buy the All in Alone first and then get the cream oh, bag. You. Oh, yeah. Um, I never. I hope you enjoy it and leave a review. Reviews really help authors. Oh, I will. I never, I never knew. I knew about witchcraft, but I, you know, I've heard of Druid or Druidry, but I didn't know what the difference was. So actually talking with you. Um, Jordy sounds interesting. It sounds like a great fulfilling life path for an individual, especially like if people are sensitive, being a medium, psychic, it, you know, it helps with that person on their life path using natural 
environment around them and you have to use the energy to understand to move back and forth so what you told me is what i had to learn but not have this information already in books and you did it so that would be perfect for anybody who's doing energy work or you know usually people who are sensitive they're more spiritual they're more open so you know if you need to do energy work or you're a medium or you're psychic or you're empathic and you're sensitive these books even though even if they don't want to do druidy but to get that knowledge especially the life path because druidy is not just a religion it's a way of life which it sounds like yeah yeah exactly i find that um you know i started off as a wiccan and you know as a witch i've been a witch my whole life mm -hmm. but when i started studying druidry that informed all of my other practices whether it was witchcraft whether it was zen or buddhism um, i learned so much through my 15 years of studying druidry that it just helped me to integrate a lot of things that i found missing from aspects of wiccan witchcraft you know that weren't available at the time which sure. are probably available now but and then you know in reverse i also have you know, found that my Wicca and witchcraft practice has greatly informed my druidry. So, sure. um, never stop learning and open yourself to all the various different traditions because um, you never know what gems you might find. Yeah, and you know, the blessing of all knowledge, you know, within a life, you can just build upon one another and figure out who you are. And all right. this information, I'm more like Zen, Buddhist, spiritual, but what you're talking with you I have a, a information like I want to know more so you know from talking with you I want to understand Jordy more because I found out like you know you do your DNA swab or whatever I already knew I was um uh Lithuania gypsy type of thing and Native American from America but then I found out that I'm Viking so you know right. and British so which I didn't know mm -hmm. so kind of what you've been talking about uh, kind of like gives me a path that I would like to read and explore more. So thank you very much for being a guest on our show. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And you have a great day. And our listeners, again, if you're interested, you could actually, for any information, you can reach out to her. Her website is www.joannevandeer.com hoeven.com so that way I don't have to spell it out but thank you so much for being a guest and I wish you many blessings on your venture and I hope our life paths cross again thank you and exactly the same to you thank you so much bye bye bye